from 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This is the Chancellor's Report, featuring Mark Monet, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Here's your host, WUWM General Manager, John Hess. Welcome to UWM Chancellor's Report. I'm your host, WUWM's General Manager, John Hess. On today's program, I'll talk with Chancellor Mark Monet and guests Julia Taylor, President, Greater Milwaukee Committee, Mary Miss, Founder, City as a Learning Lab, and Ryan Hollifield, UWM Associate Professor of Geography, Department Chair, and Co-PI of the Water Marks Grant Project. Mark, Julia, Mary, and Ryan, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The National Science Foundation is supporting a significant grant for a new collaborative in Milwaukee called Watermarks. It's bringing artists, scientists, and community members together in targeted areas of the city to help people better understand their relationships to the water systems and infrastructure that supports their lives. Today, we'll talk a little bit more about the Watermarks project. And uh, I want to start off talking about it with uh, Mark and maybe followed by Julia. WUWM and the Greater Milwaukee Committee are known for their partnerships. So how did the Watermarks Project come about and why now? Well, great question. Thanks, John. You know, we have a great history with the Greater Milwaukee Committee, and I always love to to um, showcase what we do and, and, and especially Julia Taylor's role in leadership in education, uh, in uh, manufacturing and service industries, healthcare, environment, so many things that GMC has put his foot forward and really made a big difference. With this particular project, the leadership to bring arts and uh, water infrastructure together is unparalleled. We're really on the map with this and, and it's exciting. How we came about was I first met Mary Miss uh, and and uh, this concept uh, at the Water Council. And there were some initial discussions and then ultimately Julia and Mary brought this forward to UW-Milwaukee. We brought Ryan to the table and a few others, both in terms of School of Freshwater Sciences and the areas that Ryan works in, and um, put this incredible grant proposal together in a highly competitive field and received federal support from the National Science Foundation for this. And you'll hear more of the details about it, but I can't say enough about the team uh, that, that you'll hear from today in terms of the work that, that was uh, brought together. I think in terms of why now, I think there's a clear recognition that for any of us working alone, we, we just cannot achieve uh, nearly as much as we can working together and especially to really be able to, to have the focus on some of the areas, um, some of the populations uh, that have not necessarily been as engaged and to really bring exposure and awareness um, to arts and water and, 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 and the role that we can play working together. This is absolutely the right time. So thanks, John. Thank you. And thank you, Mark. Uh, there has been a very long partnership between UWM and, and the Greater Milwaukee Committee. And I would say, I think it's safe to say that we would not have a water council today if it had not been for UWM's leadership in, in helping form that. And certainly the School of Freshwater Sciences, which was formed out of the research institution. Uh, this all came about because we are uh, a region of water, water technology, water art, water uh, water research certainly, and um, and the ability to bring 
uh, this, I think, back into the community is something we've often talked about at the Water Council is how do you connect all this back to the community. It's certainly watermarks is a great way to do this. And, and I want to also really uh, thank uh, Mary. I think, I, Mary, you could say for sure how long we've been at this. It's always longer than I think it is. Um, and she's really uh, been a stalwart in trying to move this project forward in Milwaukee. She's an internationally renowned artist. Uh, did a lot of work with uh, the Riverwalk in the Third Ward and uh, in design. And we're very fortunate, came back to Milwaukee to help establish watermarks. And uh, a lot of it uh, actually has to do with Marsha Saylor, who I want to give a shout out to. Um, Marsha was one of the first people uh, with Peter McAvoy who had this idea and reached out to Mary and um, and brought this forward and, is, and uh, Marcia is still very strongly involved in kind of a co-chair of the steering committee as well, so. Well, you know, that leads you leads us to you, Mary, and talk a little bit about the Watermarks project and what do you hope or what do you, do you hope it might accomplish in Milwaukee? Well, uh, let me go back to Julia's question. We started working on this in 2014. So uh, I call this the <laughs> slow cooking version of art making. Uh, I was invited uh, to Milwaukee in the late 90s to work on the historic Third Ward Riverwalk, as uh, Julia mentioned. Uh, and when I came back to do uh, something at UWM, uh, a conference in 2014, uh, Marcia and Peter, Peter came to me and said, would you consider coming back and helping us tell our water story? We think it's not uh, being told fully enough. And I've been working on this initiative, City is Living Laboratory, for about a decade now. And the idea with that is that I really think that artists can have an essential role in making issues of our environment, of uh, equity, of uh, economic issues uh, apparent to people on the streets in their own communities. And one of the things I do is collaborate a lot with uh, scientists in particular. Cynthia Rosenzweig, who's a wonderful climate scientist at NASA Goddard, said to me and emphasized, we can't do singular projects. We have to work at scale. And so uh, I had a first meeting with uh, this group that uh, Marcia and Peter had assembled. And Kevin Schaefer was there. And Kevin said at that first meeting, this has to be a project for the whole city. And so having had uh, the conversations with Cynthia and then hearing this and having my own kind of interests, uh, you know, with the city as living laboratory, it just was something I couldn't say no to. Now, nobody said, uh, here is a really big chunk of money to do a project at the scale of a city. But I thought, Hmm, there's got to be a way forward. So what we've spent the last few years doing is plotting that way forward, one step at a time. And uh, that's how we've come to the place we are today. And I take it it's a this is a pretty competitive grant, federal grant. So Ryan, what were some of the success, success factors in, in getting the grant and how will Watermarks be evaluated? A uh, good question. Yeah, it definitely was very competitive. Uh, there are a lot of different things. I think one 
uh, just have to say first is both the experience that call the city is living laboratories brought to the table from the beginning and uh, that you know there's some of their past work in other places but also the the groundwork that they've been laying over these years and I think over the past three or four years especially there's been a tremendous uh, growth in the programming tremendous um, uh, just tremendous progress in getting that put together so I think that was for me the number one success factor I think others that would come to mind is we were able to put together a, a, a great team um, that um, includes both researchers here at UWM, but also a wonderful team of evaluators uh, from COSI, it, which is in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, and also, of course, the, the City of Living Laboratory team. So that's played a big role. And I think the other was we got a lot of good uh, critical feedback along the way. And I mean, excellent critical feedback. And I think by all of us putting to get our heads together, we were able to respond to that constructively. But I think overall, I think just the, the vision of the project, um, once we were able to articulate that vision, um, I think that was very appealing to the uh, review panel. I so, would have to say that this, uh, we owe a tremendous thanks to Ryan and his leadership. It was. He was just amazing in pulling everything together. These things are so complicated. I can't <laughs> emphasize that enough. Well, you mentioned you mentioned that you this has been done in other cities, and uh, how's it fared in other communities? And you know, what are the impacts do you see happening in Milwaukee because of this project? We did a, another project that was supported by a National Science Foundation grant. These are uh, informal science learning grants, and we did learn a lot there. And uh, one of the things that happened in Milwaukee is we, or excuse me, in Indianapolis, is that we were working on five tributaries to the White River, the main river through the city. And we were working mostly in underserved neighborhoods. Uh, we wanted this to be a project of the city but it never quite materialized that way because the sites were so distinct. So one of the first things that I realized as we approached this project is that we had to have some way for people to have a, a focus, a focal point. And in talking with Kevin Schaefer, I was really uh, interested that the water treatment plant was right on the edge of Lake Michigan. It has this big stack on it. Uh, and I said, Kevin, could we repurpose this piece of infrastructure since we don't have several million dollars to, you know, start off, but maybe we could light it and maybe we could make this the central beacon of the project. Light that stack blue night to night. And if there's a chance of an overflow, it would turn red alerting people across the city to help become part of the green infrastructure of this city. And then taking that idea further, we said, let's think of this as creating an atlas of water for the city with a kind of mini stacks. And what they are are vertical markers in each neighborhood uh, that we're going to be working. And everybody in that neighborhood will contribute 
to the making of this place that the marker is located. We think of it kind of a stake in the ground. So these conversations keep going and don't get lost after a couple of years. So that's a, some, that's a really important lesson we brought forward from that first project and helped in forming this uh, con conceptual framework. And I know that uh, in looking at this region and the inequities in, the, in this region, especially in certain neighborhoods in Milwaukee, uh, Mark, from your perspective, what are the main contributors and how do you see bringing in those communities into this project? You know, I think the answer to that rolls right out of what Mary just described. And, and let me give kind of the context and why I say that. I think Watermarks has this incredible potential to be the bridge, to be a powerful bridge that brings together um, greater awareness, learning, and particularly as Mary described, the engagement of all our communities together to really be part of, of, of understanding water, its impact and, and, and role in relationship. And, you know, I think about John Gerda, our most probably most prominent Milwaukee historian, whose most recent book is Milwaukee, a city based, it built on water. And uh, John, is is somebody who who chronicles all the different ways these pieces come together and through watermarks i think we can bring that to life for the masses and i think in particular if you look at whether it's the um specific applications that mary just described or or i think about more broadly julie you and i work a lot on this relationship between the 10 twin pillars of education and employment and if we think about those, John, to your question about what are the contributors to inequities? S simply put, too many people have been left behind. They've been marginalized because of lack of access. And when we talk about that, you don't have to go very far at all to think about the access uh, to water that's high quality. Think about Flint, Michigan. Think about lead pipes in most every city in the United States. Think about issues with regard to much of our water infrastructure from an environmental health perspective. And I think putting a focus on this, and Mary said a key phrase, science learning projects. And then think about how underrepresented STEM fields are. Think about um, on the employment side, what we, what we have not done enough to bring individuals of color, marginalized populations into discussions around the environment, around health, and, and infrastructure, but then also think about careers in STEM fields that this can also help educate and inform people about at very young ages. And we know starting in college, thinking about that is too late. We really do need to start where people live. And what I love about Watermarks is it is in the community. It is bringing art to, to bring interest, to bring awareness, excitement, stimulation, and, and of all things, learning and, and awareness. And from that, you get behavioral change, you get engagement. And so I think this fosters a really neat um, uh, amount of, of, of ways to, to really bring more equity to our region. But it is a long game. This is not an overnight uh, process. This is not something that's one and done. And that's why I'm really glad that this is a four-year grant and you have the experiences of people like Mary who Mary is a pollinator. She's really come and brought uh, amazing things to different regions around the country. And this being behind another city, we're the benefactors of the great experience and learning that's occurred. So I see a lot of positives in terms of really helping resolve a lot of equity issues and really bring to light and focus a lot of great areas that, frankly, without this, 
would continue to probably be neglected and and uh, continue to be off the radar. Mary, has it been your experience in other communities that this has been the same thing? Like, for instance, in Indianapolis, what were the what were the uh, the results of that? Yeah, I think that's that, that definitely the case. Um, I, I think that what the Indianapolis project showed is artists are able to engage people who might otherwise be too busy, be put off by, be uh, ignoring uh, what's happening with the environment around them. Uh, in Indianapolis, we were using uh, games to engage people. We were sending people out to look for things. Uh, but I, I want to emphasize the importance of a word that Mark used, uh, pollinator. That's kind of how I think of myself in this situation, because I'm coming up with a conceptual framework for a project, which I want, I hope, will be um, taken over by the city, becoming, you know, of the, this city, not for the city, and that the many artists, many of whom are really interested in environmental and social issues, uh, that the artists are going to be the ones who help carry this forward. So each of these markers, water markers that we install has an artist doing a project in conjunction with it. And then we're mentoring young artists from the neighborhoods that we're working. And our idea is that going forward, these markers are uh, something that people will notice, their Wi-Fi hotspots, which is great to get people to come there. But we want to have activities continuing around them. Can we support these young artists, whether they're musicians or visual artists, uh, in the communities to help keep uh, these as active spaces? So again, really trying to emphasize that artists can have an essential role in engaging people viscerally, emotionally, uh, many different ways, physically, that is uh, on a par with the policymaker or the scientist. It's it's a different way that you can get people in their own neighborhoods engaged. And I'm curious about the city's involvement in this project. Julia, can you talk a little bit about that, about how, how involved has the city been? And, uh, you know, Mary, you mentioned uh, turning this over to the city eventually or, you know, to people to manage it, to maintain it. So, Julia, what's the city's role in this and how active have they been involved in it? Well, the city's been very active and they've been a significant partner, uh, institutional partner in the work. Um, particularly, certainly the mayor's been very supportive, but we've had a great deal of support from the Department of City Development. When Rocky Marcoux was commissioner, he's an early believer in the project. Uh, we're fortunate Lafayette Crump feels is strongly about the project. And then Jeff Polinsky, who's the commissioner of DPW, has also been incredibly helpful because part of it is the actual infrastructure of the markers. Uh, and then uh, also MMSD, which fortunately often works in a collaborative uh, partnership with the city, is an important part of the, those institutional partners. But I would also say we have a tremendous number of community partners and environmental partners and artists that are involved in this. 
And that's one of the things that scientists, what's really cool about the project is when you get people in the same room, these are not always people that are in the same room together. So you have a lot of different voices. Um, and, you know, Mary often calls this, uh, you know, watermarks being like the atlas of a city of water. And, uh, you know, I love the concept, too, about watermarks and the markers that are going often in communities that have been disinvested or are having issues with water. And the fact that, you know, we're marking that community as a community that we care about and the community that we want to bring this collaboration into. You know, for the uh, for the benefit of the audience listening, have you identified the communities in Milwaukee that this is going into and and can can we speak a little bit about that? I don't, anybody can join in on this one. Have you have you talked about that? Oh, yeah. And Mary's got we, we've got some in and we've got some ready to go in and we have more ready to go. I think we're also in the process of identifying more of the communities. But let Mary talk to the specifics. Well, uh, right now we're just waiting to put in a, a marker at uh, 16th and Harrison, another one up uh at Green Tech Station in the 30th Street Corridor, this wonderful new uh, site that's opened up there. Um, and there are markers going in on Greenfield in this attempt, you know, the stack is not lit yet, but we're attempting to get a cluster downtown uh, around the stack. Uh, we've started looking in other neighborhoods. One of the important things about this grant is that we are going to be working with community members with uh, this expansion team that's part of Watermarks, that's made up of people and leaders within different communities. We're going to ask them to help us decide where we should be going. We are looking mostly at the north side, near north side and the south side, uh, but we'll have that determined uh, as we move forward. You know, Ryan, I don't want to leave you out of this conversation because I want to talk a little bit about the um, the intersection between art and science. So how is that an accessible intersection and how do you make that possible? Well, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I've been pondering it a little bit. And it, for, for me, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, uh, my mother uh, who uh, worked for many years as a botanical illustrator and there, I think what what in, in sort of observing her work that may give me this appreciation for how art, the arts and sciences, especially visual art, um, are, are distinctive ways distinctive ways of seeing that often intersect ways of seeing and representing. And one of the things we're really interested in here, and part of the research component of this project, will be looking at how seeing things through artistic practice, through visual arts, um, how that facilitates learning about science. Uh, there's been actually a lot of research uh, about things like uh, drawing skills and how that comes to play a role in scientific learning. And so that's some of the literature that we're building on in, in this research. Um, but but so so seeing and representing all these, these things are, are practices that are bound up really closely with both science and art, um, at least vi and visual art. But, but of course, that would extend to other forms of art as well. There's been fantastic research done about connections between sciences and performing arts as well. Um, but 
this those are those are those are the things that I guess come off off the top of my head there. I don't, Mary has a great deal of experience with this too, and I think would probably be uh, I'd like I'd be interested in hearing her thoughts on it too. Um, I think really uh, that way that artists can give uh, access to this complex set of issues that we are facing with climate change. You know, it really is about piecing it apart and taking it maybe a single aspect. What What's happening in a particular community? How can uh, the, those issues be addressed by uh, the artists? So it's not taking all of the sustainability goals, although we're really interested and committed to the sustainability goals. We don't think this is just about pro a project about water. We think it's about health, education, employment. You know, all of those things will be impacted. But, but it's so important to take this complexity and tease it apart and make it possible uh, to relate. So that's not a specific example of, oh, well, I did this and this happened, but I think that's the approach that we take and we hope the artists can take uh, when we're thinking about this. You know, as, as we visualize and we look forward, let's say we go four years in advance and we're looking at this project now after four years and looking back, um, and I'll start with you, uh, Julia. What do you visualize when you think of the Milwaukee area and the contributions from Milwaukee for this project four years from now? Well, I think that uh, one is that we'll have certainly a very visible physical atlas uh, of the watermarks, but I also think that we will see more uh, awareness both by artists, uh, what I would call citizen scientists or community scientists, young people getting interested in science and the arts because of this. And I think what we may even see more ecotourism that can come from this. I think there's a lot of benefits here that we're just starting to understand, and it's very exciting. Mary, what do you think? Um, you know, I often think that this is, a, this project in a way qualifies as a monument. And I think of it as a monument to the people of Milwaukee, the communities of Milwaukee. I can't tell you what an amazing experience this has been to work in Milwaukee. I'm from New York City. Everything is no in New York City. <laughs> you can't find the door of the you know, department head if you wanted to. Uh, that to have the support of the city, but to have leadership within communities that is you know really so uh remarkable and so in creating this network i think what we are creating is really a monument to the people of the city uh you know uh to their aspirations i i'm so impressed with how many people are willing to put in the time to uh, commit to not just this project, but trying to make Milwaukee a safe, fair, equitable, uh, you know, place to live, a place of sustenance, a place of care. And that's something I really hope this project becomes, a project that is trying to create an atmosphere of care that goes in 
multiple directions. Brian, quickly, what do you what do you envision? Well, quickly, I would say I envision uh, that people all over town are going to say, "Oh yeah, I, I mean, I know watermarks. I'm part <laughs> of that." So that's I'll leave it there. And Mark, you you have the the last word as sort of oversight of this and many projects that you you have helped drive and and work on in the community. What do you what do you want to see in four years? How do you envision this this project being in four years? I think this is just such a perfect exemplar of what an R1 that's also an engaged uh, university does. Well, thank you everybody for joining me today. Today we've been talking with Chancellor Mark Monet, guest Julia Taylor, president from Greater Milwaukee Committee, Mary Miss, the founder of City as a Learning Lab, and Ryan Hollifield, UWM Associate Professor of Geography, Department Chair and Co-PI of the Watermarks Grant. Thank you all for joining us today for the UWM Chancellor's Report. I'm WUWM's General Manager, John Hess. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Chancellor's Report featuring Mark Monet, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. If you'd like more information, go to uwm.edu slash chancellor.